This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. I have a special guest in our industry. He's doing a lot of great things on the West Coast. He's a lot more West Coast than I am, but I brought on Chris Wolpert. Go ahead and give a quick introduction to our fans. Yeah. Well, thanks, Butch. I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, having me on here today. And um, yeah, Chris Wolpert, I'm in the uh, I'm in Stillicum, Washington, so kind of the greater Seattle area, if you will. Started my firm, GBS, back in 2016. So we're going on um, almost six years now at this point, kind of hard to believe it just flies by. We were chatting off air yeah. about just grit and determination and just making it work in these early years. And um, hopefully we're kind of getting out of those those infancy stages, um, both you and I, Butch. But mm-hmm. our, our mission at GBS here is to eliminate employees out of pocket expenses while simultaneously guiding them to the highest quality health care. And, and so we can certainly talk about that some more, but uh, I know one of the things you want to talk about is the uh, Hit Zero book, yeah. uh, the comic book I produced last year as a kind of a marketing piece slash vanity project, but it's, mm-hmm. it's been a ton of fun and it's had, a, we've had a lot of great of, a lot of great attention because of it. And it's, it's done exactly what I designed it to do, which is to be that marketing piece. That's a pattern interrupt. And that mm-hmm. is um, kind of an exciting thing to, um, for a, an otherwise very dull subject in insurance. For so, sure. So where did the comic book idea came from? Well, I, I had, when I started my firm, I knew I wanted to write a book. I wanted to become an author because it's a great way to establish yourself, so establish some credibility and yeah. establish yourself as a sub- subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'd started to listen to a few podcasts about, you know, writing books and different things. And I kind of had some ideas bubbling around in my head. And a lot of them had to do with, kind of this this post ACA world of health insurance and I started writing an outline and realized oh my gosh this is such this is going to be so boring I don't nobody's going to want to read this I don't even want to write it so I I kept listening and then at one point on some podcast there was a guy who was talking about um using um uh using a hero's journey framework so you think about Joseph Campbell the hero with a thousand faces and the power of myth and all that and um, he talked about that quite a bit. And around that same time, this was uh, 2016, uh, there was a book by Donald Miller called Story Branding. And I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but it's mm-hmm. it basically it's it was exactly that. It was it was using this framework to create a story of a mm-hmm. hero's journey where you're taking uh, you're you're taking your audience, you're taking your prospects, you're taking your clients on this journey where they're the hero. Mm-hmm. You are the guide, right? So they're mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, you're Yoda, you're taking them on this journey. And um, and I just thought, man, that sounds a lot more exciting and interesting. And then I don't know where exactly, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but to take it a step further, then I thought, all right, well, what if I turn this into a comic book and really just kind of go all in on this, mm-hmm. on this idea? Um, and the other thought there too was like, you know, look, who's going to want to read um, you know, a 200 page book, whereas, you know, if you put together a comic book, which is standard comic books, about 22 pages, that's something that, you know, somebody could read through mm-hmm. in, yeah, 20 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. 30 minutes or, or read through it a number of times and, and kind of, you know, absorb those lessons or what have you. So, so that's where, that's really kind of where everything started was, uh, 
was was at that point. Were you a comic book fan growing up? Is that where kind of like the idea came from and you knew how to outline it or did you get help with the outline on it? Oh, yeah. No, I had a, a tr- well, yes, I was certainly a, a comic book fan at certain points in my sure. childhood and things like sure. that. And then kind of rekindled that. Actually, my kids are like big fans of the Marvel, you know, uh, cinematic awesome. universe, awesome. of course, now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, I uh, what I ended up doing was uh, I got online and looked up a couple of books. There's um, a few of these books about kind of how to write comics and things. And so. Just, you know, thinking about, you know, rather than writing a book or writing an essay type of thing, you're mm-hmm. you're really writing a, a script or almost a screenplay because you have sure. to talk, you know, what's happening in each panel. And then you've got sure. narrative and dialogue and mm-hmm. action and different things. So, um, yeah, so I did quite a bit of reading on that. Listened to a few podcasts. There really wasn't much great out there in terms of podcasts, but there's a couple mm-hmm. Um, really good books that I kept going back to as a reference. And and then the other thing I did, too, was I uh, just started, you know, digging up old comics and kind of looking at those and kind of getting ideas and inspiration from those, too. The whole idea is great. So when you talked about when you were putting all the details together and you're like, who's going to be interested in this because it's all boring stuff? Um, <laughs> I actually have a published book and this is truth, a testimonial to what you just said. And I just did the dry version, right? So not this colorful comic. And I did the dry version. Of course, I, did, I didn't do it to sell, but uh, most people never read it. No, I, I mean, yeah. I got credibility for being an author. So there was that. But outside of that, there might have been two or three people. And I tell you, you know, the ones that I know that called me on it were CPAs because they were talking about the numbers or some tax credits or or what the penalties were and they wanted more clarity. And so it was more related to their industry. Yeah, it didn't go over to as well as I thought it would be. And I think this is a very creative idea. During the in, inside the comic book that you had created, you actually walked the, through the path that you, I assume that you walked through the employers, right? So you, you know, we walk in, you know, we're a dime a dozen, right? So, and, and you emphasize that in the beginning, at least that was my impression. You have all these people yeah. negotiating these new rates. And I, and that's one thing I always said, it, there's always a guy that comes in lower, right? And so and, <laughs> and they're like, well, you're, you know, 15% increase and this guy gets a 12% increase. And this guy's like, well, hold on. I got you at nine, 9% increase. But yeah. at the same time, you're increasing the out-of-pocket expenses. This is what I call the American, in the American way, right? Just, Premiums go up, out of pockets go up, and uh, more costs being passed on to the employees. So, give me some insight on on, on your process with that. Uh, you don't have to get into a whole lot of nitty gritty, and then and then the kind of like the conversation you take them to and say, okay, there's another way, there's a different way we could do this. Yeah, well, it, it, there are two things. One was, you know, especially in the employee benefits world today, I feel like compared to several years ago, maybe, and and certainly as you start to go up market, which I know you and I are both doing, and I think everybody wants to do generally, I don't care what industry you're in, you want to go up market, you want to get bigger clients, you want to, you know, those types, it's Jerry Maguire, right? You want to have, you know, have a bigger impact with your clients, right? Right, right. Um, And so what was important was that I have two heroes in this story, one one being the CFO, the other being the HR director. Um, and those, the the discussion really typically is, is with one of those two people in the beginning, but you always have to build that consensus. And that's, that's kind of, I guess, the point I was getting at is that you really need to, to, to build consensus with those two departments. Um, and then many times leadership or the CEO or CFO or the um, just other people within 
the C-suite, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's really what I wanted to do with that. But you're right; that's exactly what I wanted to do with those the, the jackalopes. And I'll tell yeah. you a, a quick story on kind of how I arrived at that. Was um, you know I had written this comic book, I had done a number of drafts. I was still kind of struggling with who was going to be the mentor character, right? Who was I going to be? And then mm-hmm. who was going to be uh, the, the the jackalopes, or who was going to be right. the traditional broker? with a big house that's bringing, you know, fully insured, you know, solutions and, and that's, and that's it. And mm-hmm. continue, you know, can just helping or having the, uh, the employers continue on this, um, this hamster wheel of, uh, you know, medical trend, 10% renewal increases mm-hmm. each year and really no solutions that have any effect in a positive way in the end on the employee. How I found that was yeah. there was a, um, there was a guy I'm connected with on LinkedIn that had mentioned this Wolpertinger and mm-hmm. was like, have you ever heard of this and that? And I was like, no. And it was just kind of this. Anyways, we went back and forth a little bit and he was like, why don't just just Google it? It's it's just funny that your last name is so close yes. to it and all this. <laughs> and, and and this was a guy that was um, he lives somewhere in the UK now, but he was uh, he was originally from Germany. And mm-hmm. so. He, he mm-hmm. started, he told me a little bit about this little creature, this little legend or whatever. So I look it up and I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. is basically a jackalope, but mm-hmm. it's got a few other enhancements to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's got right, owl right. wings. It's got these sharp fangs. It's got, you know, a number of these other characteristics. And mm-hmm. then that's, I just had this like epiphany. It was like, oh my gosh, like that would be perfect. That can be the, because I, I think there's generally probably not a lot of people in North America that have heard of the Wolpertinger. And then, but yet they have heard of the jackalope and they are familiar with kind of the legend behind the jackalope and yep. just, the, you know, again, this mysterious magical creature that's, that's kind of sort of a joke, but, you know, so anyways, and that was part of, in a way that was part of me trying to not take this too seriously. Right. And just kind of mm-hmm. inject a little bit of humor into this as well. And so um, anyway, so yeah, so that's yeah. how I kind of arrived at using the jackalopes and the Wolpertinger and yeah. having them be the the shadow figure as well as the mentor figure in yeah, uh, sure. uh, in the in the hero's journey. So yeah. Now you had during that that uh, background you just gave. Uh, so you had pointed out something I think is important. Um, uh, at least that was the way my take on it. The HR and the CFO, right? So there's always this huge disconnect. It's almost like sales and marketing. They always say there's never on the same page. <laughs> There's just two different things. One's blaming the other. And my experience has validated this too, where the HR is tasked with a responsibility of managing, in some cases, millions of dollars worth of cost, right? And yep. it's m- usually middle management. And then they're scrutinizing costs in their HR, and they're not um, a numbers person necessarily. I mean, they become a numbers person because of what they do, but they don't know how to scrutinize costs. They don't know how to go line by line and figure out, okay, what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong? That's what the CFO does, but the CFO doesn't understand benefits, so they just delegate it to right. the stream. And so there's a process, obviously, you've been working with your clients, of getting those two back in the same room and try to figure out, okay, there is a correlation of having happy employees and getting our costs lower. And that's the one thing that CFOs across the country are not understanding uh, and I and obviously it's our target market in a lot of ways because we need to go a line by line. And so I, I, I think it's key what you're going through because here's America's solution, right? So a lot of us are are threatened by the single payer system, but there's an employer-based mm-hmm. system right now that you could actually go in and 
in your book, you talk about eliminating your employees' costs and then reversing the healthcare trend. It's nothing that is brand new. It's been around for some time. I think elaborating on that in your book and then obviously what you do with your clients is, uh, is definitely key. But obviously, it sounds too good to be true. So when you walk your clients through it, what are some of the things that kind of give some validation that this is a, a, a good solid ground to uh, move into the right direction? Well, you know, typically, again, you're building that consensus. So I'm, I'm always kind of like on two sides of the fence where you're right, you know, you're 100% right. You know, the, the CFO to boil it down, they're, they're numbers oriented and they're strategic, whereas HR is people oriented and they're task driven. And that's, I'm very, I'm generalizing here. So sure, HR sure. people don't be upset with me. CFOs yeah. don't, you know, yeah, there's, absolutely. there's exceptions to that certainly, but uh, generally that's what I, I find. And so, cause HR is doing 12 other things. And I kind of referenced that early in the book. I meant, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of list out uh, first of all, what the CFO's responsibilities are. And there's, you know, kind of four or five things. And then yeah, I make sure. a list of what HR is responsible for. And it's like, you know, over a dozen things, right? So they're, they're wearing a lot of different hats. And so I find generally what they base their decision on is what's going to be the least amount of employee noise, the least amount of change, um, and and what's going to be, you know, they don't want to go against the grain um, Mm -hmm. because to your point, they're they're not necessarily strategic thinkers. They're not necessarily well-trained in finance and, and things like that. So that's what I really kind of tried to highlight was in the very beginning of that book was, the, the differences. And then um, what, what I find is with using that value proposition of eliminating employees out-of-pocket expenses uh, while simultaneously guiding them to the highest quality healthcare, the, mm-hmm. the eliminate, the, so what it does, that it, really stimulates a conversation where we're drawing both of them in mm-hmm. because, you know, the CFO hears that initially and thinks, okay, well, high quality healthcare is great, but mm-hmm. I care about the numbers. And if you're telling me you're going to en- enhance the plan, then where my brain goes, because the conditioning that's happened over the years, that means that we're going to be raising the premiums if we're going to start eliminating that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, so, and, and then with the, with the HR person, they hear that and they think, wow, like this is a great p- potential retention or recruitment tool mm-hmm. and could potentially be an enhancement that would make everybody happy. So, so it starts to kind of get their creative juices flowing and that and the fact that they're hearing something new or different. And to your point, it, this isn't new. This has yep. been around for several years now, in many cases, the, these types of strategies. Um, but it's really just kind of bringing those to, um, you know, just kind of bringing those to the forefront and then, you know, having them come in and start to understand how these things overlap with each other and and really begin to show them the, the the misaligned incentives that exist within the system, how it's operated for decades. And, and one of the things that, you know, I, I always point out to them is that, hey, look, the system is functioning exactly the way it was designed to. And, and the problem is, is that you as the employer, you're footing the bill for all this, but you and your employees are are really the afterthought in all this, right? The, the carriers have misaligned incentives against you. The, the providers, the hospitals, the facilities have misaligned incentives against you. And of course, so do the brokerages. And, and it's existed that way for, you know, probably longer than you and I have been alive at this point, yes, Butch. So, yeah. um, so that's that's part of, you know, we're, we're swimming against the current in many ways. Yeah. So to, to unravel some of that old conditioning is, is uh, you know, that's really 
it's really mm-hmm. difficult. And that's one of the big points in this book is that um, as we start to get into it, mm-hmm. you know, is to is to smash that old limited belief kind of thinking that that you've had for for a long time. So I always preach that the industry taught itself how to purchase um, benefit insurance for the workplace. And so <laughs> the and it's just this vicious cycle because yep. the employers only know one way because they were conditioned by the broker and the financial incentive, like you said, you use the word incentive. It's a financial incentive that keeps looping itself. It's working the exact same way it's designed. That's why, you know, the repercussions of regulations is they figure out ways around it. So they they try to put restrictions on what the in, insurance company could actually do. And they're like, yeah, take that. And then they're yeah. like, okay, we just figured out a different way to make money. And so now yeah. they're making more money than they were before, thanks to new regulation. And then our, our job as brokers um, definitely are to point that out. And I mean, there's guys like you and I are actually going to start moving this trend in the right direction. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing, weird expenses coming out of nowhere, and when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, Give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now. We're talking to Chris Wolper here. He's actually a two-time author. Uh, notice it behind you. I don't have a nice picture on here, but Chris is definitely an authority in the, the marketplace. And now anybody that's listening to this podcast wanted to reach out and expand the conversation that we had today or reach out and, and need your services for that matter. Uh, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, you know, I'd say I'm probably most active on on LinkedIn as far as social media goes. So you can just find me on there at, at Chris Wolpert. Um, uh, our website is uh, gbsbenefitsgroup.com. Uh, so that's obviously a good way to get in touch with us, kind of see our work. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've got you know free downloads on on the mm-hmm. website and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm a sales guy, so I don't hide myself. So you can always call me, text me on my cell phone at 253-228-8336. Sounds good. So I'm going to have these in the show notes when we get this published. So we have the two links. I'll put the phone number in there. And if they, anybody wants to reach out to Chris and learn about his book, uh, his new book is Hit Zero, Pick It Up Today. It's definitely good. I went through it. It's definitely even just me being in the industry. I validate all the things that are in here. Pick up this book. It's definitely a key piece when you're starting to build or continue your benefits program. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Butch. I appreciate it.